Jesus never forgot the praise part of praise when he was speaking to his Father. Now at this particular time in the life of Jesus, the opposition to his ministry, to his self personally, was rapidly increasing. His cousin, John the Baptist, was in jail. Herod had jailed him because he'd taken his brother Philip's wife, Herodias, to be his wife. And John the Baptist was actively preaching against that. And Herod didn't like it. He put John in prison. And while he was in prison, Herodias had a daughter. And he had said to his gathering of people at that particular important guests, and he'd said to, uh, he'd said to her, uh, the daughter, who'd done a very sensual dance, apparently, ask of me, and I'll give you anything that you want, even up to half of your kingdom. And her mother urged the daughter to ask for the head of John the Baptist on a plate. Now, his cousin had just been killed, and that couldn't be an easy time for Jesus. He'd grown up with him, you know? And if something had happened to your cousin, something so awful, like being in prison and beheaded, it couldn't have been a good time in the life of Jesus. So, well, when did he pray this prayer? He prayed that after the 72 that he had sent out, the 72 disciples, the other disciples. There were a lot more disciples than just the 12. Sometimes when we talk about the disciples, we're talking about the 12. But these people were also disciples, the 72 that Jesus had sent out. And I hope that you and I include ourselves in the name disciples. Well, the 72 had just come back. And this was a prayer of praise that Jesus was praying to his father. Not because of things that the disciples did. He wasn't taking the glory for it himself. He was giving all the praise back to his father. He didn't take the credit. He praised his father. And again, he uses this name, Yahweh, the capital Y, the capital H, the capital W, the capital H, which the Jews were not allowed to speak out, the name of Yahweh. Jesus used this name. And we learned last week that they couldn't speak it, the name. In this little uh, prayer that Jesus prays, praise has become an important part of this. And the plan was, at this particular time, it was to keep the truth of who Jesus was as Messiah, a secret, if you like, from the religious leaders. Jesus didn't want to identify himself as the Messiah at this particular time to those people. But he chose to reveal himself when he talks about the little children. He chose to reveal himself to the poor. He chose to reveal himself to people just like you and I. When we pray, we should always acknowledge the holy and the character facets of God when we pray just the way that Jesus does in this short prayer. You know, Jesus is our master, he's our teacher, and he is our mentor. And just a little aside about the word mentor. 
I think it's a kind of funny word. And I looked up one time, where do we get the word mentor from? And it comes from Homer's Odyssey. I have never read Homer's Odyssey. I only know a little bit about Homer's Odyssey. But I do know that the prince in Homer's Odyssey, his name was Telemachus. And mentor was his teacher, which is where we get the name mentor from. In this particular form of adoration and praise, Jesus is giving thanks to God for who he is. And it's the same for us today. When we are praying, we should be giving thanks to God in the first instance for who he is. There should be no ulterior motive when we're praying. And I really think that each one of us can grow in our prayer life. If we think we're at the place where we've made it in prayer, we haven't even got started. And I just want to encourage each one of us to grow in our prayer life. And I was thinking about some of the things that have happened to us in our journey. Hasn't happened to me very often. I think maybe three or four times in my life, God has actually woken me up from sleep and asked me or told me to pray for X, Y, or Z. And the first time it happened, he told me to pray for a family, and he gave me the name. The name of this family was Howe, H-O-W-E. And we were living in Scotland at the time, and we were going to be traveling to England in the next, I don't know what the time difference was anymore, but in the next time we were going to be traveling to England to do some meetings in England. And we got to this meeting, and there was a man there, and his name was, can't even remember the first name, but it was somebody how, H-O-W-E. And he stood up to give a testimony. Now, this man had everything wrong with him. He had heart disease. He was a diabetic. He had calipers on his legs. He could hardly walk. God had just healed that man. And when I say that, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. And it didn't stop there because God had told me to pray for a family, not just for a particular man. Well, he goes on to tell us about how his wife got saved after this. Oh, he got saved as well, of course. That was why he was giving testimony. He told us how his wife got saved, how his children were delivered from being drug addicts. They got saved. And you know what? God used me. Me! Me! He woke me up at night and told me to pray for a family whose name was Howe. Now, I'm not taking credit for that in this. Not credit. I'm blessed, right? I'm blessed that God chose to wake me up in the middle of the night and ask me to pray for this family. But I know I'm not the only one he had praying. He probably woke saints up around the world that never even heard the man's testimony. But I was privileged. I was blessed, blessed, blessed to pray for this family and blessed that God allowed me to see results of my prayer. I am so thankful, so thankful. Let's look at another prayer of Jesus. It's a prayer of thanksgiving. And it's in John chapter 11, verses 41 to 42. 
assume most of us know anyway, about the story of Lazarus and how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And this is a really, really short prayer. It's only a couple of verses. Verse 41. John chapter 11, verse 41. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you have always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And again, Jesus starts with the word Father at the beginning of his prayer. And it's so important that when we pray that we use the name of Father, the Lord's Prayer, our Father. We can start our personal prayer with, Father, I know that you hear me. That's what Jesus did. He said, Father, I know that you hear me. And when we're praying, we should have that same confidence to be able to say, Father, I know that you hear me. Now, we know the story about Jesus heard about the death of Lazarus, but he didn't turn around. and He was away from Bethany. He didn't turn around and go straight back to Lazarus to offer a healing, a prayer of healing for him. He didn't do that. He stayed where he was. When he arrived, Lazarus had been dead for four days. And we think about other times when Jesus raised the dead, like the daughter of Jairus, she'd only just died, or the widow of Nain, whose son was raised from the dead, who Jesus raised from the dead. They'd both only just died. Neither were in the grave. Neither of them were in a tomb. And it can be argued, people can argue and say, well, they weren't really dead. But we know from the word of God that we saw that they were dead. But you hear the arguments, oh, they weren't really dead, you know. That's why they came uh, back to life again. But Lazarus was dead. (laughs) He was deader than dead. He'd been in the tomb for four days. And Martha was so concerned about this thing in the tomb being dead four days. She said, uh, Jesus, but he's going to stink by now. Jesus did not pray a prayer of healing. He prayed a prayer of faith. He prayed a prayer of thanksgiving in advance for what he knew that his father for what he knew that his God was about to do. He had confidence in his father when he prayed. He knew he just wasn't praying up to the ceilings. He knew that he wasn't praying in thin air. He was praying to his father, and he knew the results that his father would give him. His confidence was there in his father. Perhaps we, you and I, need to pray big, bold prayers to advance the kingdom of God here in West Pender County. We're praying for 20. Maybe 20 is not enough. We've got to, maybe we should be upping that prayer and praying big, bold prayers. Matthew chapter 15. I don't know if I've got this one written down or not. Let me see. Yeah, Matthew, 
Matthew chapter 15, verses 35 to 37. Matthew chapter 15, verses 35 to 37. And this is about the feeding of the 4,000. Most of us know that story pretty well as well. And Jesus, he told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, you know, this is really an odd thing here. When he had given thanks, now, the Jews, they didn't give thanks before they ate. They gave thanks after they had finished eating. So in these two instances here, when Jesus is praying with Lazarus and with the 4,000, probably a lot more than 4,000, that was only 4,000 men. There was sure to have been a bunch of women and children there also. Jesus gave thanks before they ate, before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He was expecting in confidence. He knew that his father was going to answer his prayers when he prayed for Lazarus, when he broke the bread. Now, you know what? Jesus took what he had in his hands. He took the bread and he broke it with confidence. And I ask myself, and I'm asking us also, what do we have in our hands? What do we have that Jesus has given us? What gift, what talent has Jesus put in our hands? not breaking bread and feeding 4,000, but he's given us something. He has given you and I something that he wants us to use. You know, there's such a relationship in prayer between faith and confidence in our God. Matthew 21 says, 22, if you have faith and do not doubt, if you believe, you will receive. Oh, people. <laughs> How big are our prayers? What is it that we're praying? What do we have in our hands? Are we praying mountain-sized prayers? Or are we praying mustard seed prayers? It's all about God's ability. Do we believe that God can? Do we believe in the confidence of God? So again, I say, what is in our hands? What has God given us? What has God given you? What has God given me? It's all about God's ability, not so much to do with us. You know, Jesus taught that faith is required for prayer. Faith is also the results of prayer. A thankful heart, prayer, and faith are all needed when we commune with the living God. And this all draws us close to our Father. Let me tell you another little instance 
of prayer that happened in our lives. Well, I guess most of you know that we lived in Germany for many years, but we also lived in Scotland for a couple of years before that. And when we were, when we were in Germany, we were praying. We really needed a new bed, but we didn't have any money for a new bed. Well, as it happened, we have well, we had at that time, bank accounts in Scotland, in Germany, and in the US. There wasn't a lot of money in either of these three bank accounts, but we were praying because we wanted a new bed. Well, we didn't have the money for a new bed. And then one day, I guess we either went got a bank statement or Brad went to the bank, and somebody in Scotland had paid don't even remember however much it was now. But they had paid into our bank account in Scotland enough money for us to get a new bed. So we got a new bed. We prayed. <laughs> we Jesus also prayed when he was troubled. And we can look here at John chapter 12, verses 27 29. John chapter 12, <coughs> verses 27 to 29. And my little bookmark has just fallen out, so I have to look for it. Maybe I should have stuff up on the screen. It'd be a lot quicker, wouldn't it? Okay. John chapter 12, verses 27 to 29. And Jesus prayed, Now my heart is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour, Father. Glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd was there and heard it said that it had been thunder. And others said an angel had spoken to him. Now at this point, Lazarus had been raised. And the Pharisees hated Jesus more than ever. Because there were more and more and more people were beginning to follow Jesus. And the Pharisees did not like that. They wanted him dead. They wanted him deader than dead. In this prayer, Father responds immediately with a voice from heaven. Jesus knew what was happening to him. And it was almost his time to go to, the go to the cross. But you know, he knew he was dying. He knew why he was there. But he was also troubled. The word is really troubled. But he asked the Father to glorify his name. Not his own name. But he asked the for the Father's name to be glorified. In a couple of verses before that, we read about the seed that has to die, the seed that has to go into the ground. 
before it can reproduce. And I know people like Glenn and Marvin, who are great gardeners, they know when they plant the seed, that seed has to die before it can reproduce anything. And that was about to happen with Jesus. He was about to die. He was about to go into the ground. But he knew that he'd be raised again for people like you and people like me. He knew that his hour had come. But Jesus had a mission. And this mission was almost complete. And I ask myself, what can I learn from these couple of verses? What can I learn from this really short prayer? Jesus was about to die. So I ask myself, have I died to self? Am I so completely dead that I can say, your will, Father, be done, not mine? God, I just want what you want me to do in my life, not the thing that I want to do, but I desire to do your will. Am I at that point in my life? Sometimes we need to walk through things. If we're in a very difficult situation, we need to learn how to walk through it and come out victorious on the other side. Our lives here are meant to glorify God in the good times when things are going great. And also in the difficult times, our lives can still glorify God. And Jesus was asking in this prayer, that his father would reveal all that he is and all that he does. Jesus is the earthly manifestation of God. We are sanctified by the work on the cross. Nothing that we've done, nothing that we could ever do. We are sanctified because of the blood of Jesus. Are we walking towards holiness? You know, all these things in the life of Jesus, we have to ask ourselves, are we being changed? Is the life of Jesus being transferred to us? Or are we just walking along, reading a Bible now and again, saying a prayer now and again? Are we really in that life transference that Jesus has transferred from himself to us? John chapter 17, verses 1 to 5. This is a prayer where Jesus prays for himself. John 17, verse 1 to 5. After Jesus had said these things, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might have eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work I gave you to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. You know, Jesus was a master orator. He could speak to anybody 
who knew his audience, who knew who was listening. He spoke to them at the place where they were at. He knew people's hearts. He knew exactly what was in their hearts. And he spoke to hearts. He didn't just talk to people. He spoke to their hearts because he knew exactly what was in everyone's heart at any given moment in time. Jesus spoke to their hearts. He spoke to all classes. He didn't care if he was talking to the religious leaders. He could talk to kings. He could talk to princes. He could talk to anybody. And he can talk to you and I. And that is the thing. Jesus talks to you and I. He knew how to use analogies. He knew how to speak in parables. People needed to hear that God became man. That the word became flesh and lived amongst us. That's my Jesus. He, need, he needed to speak to people to move them to, from their place of religion. He needed to set people free. He needs to set us free also. People were bound in the religion that they lived in. They were imprisoned in that religion. He didn't want people to be bound by things like that. He came to set us free. Not only did he die for our sins on the cross, but he came to set us free from ourselves more than anything. And I thought about all these people that had the traditions that they lived in. And I thought about, what about our traditions today? What about our stained glass windows? What about our flowers on the altar? What about our poinsettias at Christmas time? What about our lilies at Easter time? And I asked myself, are these things wrong? No, they're not wrong. They're nice. But do these things bring us closer to Jesus? And what I'm really trying to say is, we don't need those things. We do not need the trimmings. All each one of us need is Jesus and our walk with him and a closer relationship with him. The high priestly prayer that Jesus prays, he begins with Father. all begins with Father. In verse 1, we read here that Jesus is resigned to his fate. His mission is almost complete. He knew his timing. Go back to the very first miracle at Canaan when his mother's encouraging him to do something. And he says to her, Woman, my time has not yet come. He knew the timing was almost here for him to go to the cross and die for each one of us. And this is like, a, God, help me now. There's urgency in that prayer. You know, if you're a parent, and I think most of us are, if your child screams, you answer quickly. If your child whines, you're not so apt to go there and more apt to say, stop whining. 
But if he screams, if there's urgency in that scream, you answer very quickly. God answered Jesus immediately when his voice came from heaven. When I think about our prayer life, I think about my prayer life. How much time do I spend whining? Telling God things that he knows. Asking God for things that I need. Instead of just coming and saying, oh God, oh Father. I just want to spend time with you. I just want to hear from you. I just want to worship your holy name. I want to worship you because you are the king of all kings. You are the Lord of all lords. You are my savior. You are my God. And I just want to take this time right now to talk to you, to commune with you, to spend some intimate time with you. And I want to listen to you, Lord. I want to hear what it is that you are saying to me. You've given me things in my hand, Lord. You've given me gifts. You've given me talents. Lord, let me use those things for the benefit of the people here at Longstreet, for the benefit of the community at large. Lord, just help me to be a blessing to those people around me. things that Jesus did was only designed yes to glorify his father can I say use me father can I say use me father how passionate am I about pursuing God's will for my life. How passionate am I about using the gifts and the talents that God has given me? You know, the disciples heard all these things that Jesus was saying. They were listening to all those things that Jesus was saying. How about us? How about you and me? hear God? Do I do the things that he requires me to do? Am I doing things that bring God glory in my life? Maybe we have issues that we need to deal with in our lives before our lives can really glorify our Father in heaven. something yesterday about George Muller. George Muller was a, a man who lived in the 19th century. He was actually born in Germany, but God called him to go to a place in the south of England. I think it was Bristol. And he opened many, many schools. He opened many, many orphanages. He prayed, and God answered. There are 10,000, 10 
thousand instances recorded of prayers that George Muller prayed and God answered. 10,000 recorded instances. That, my friends, is a man who had an intimate relationship with his father. That is a man who knew his God. That was a man who took what God had given him and used it for the benefit of thousands and thousands of orphaned children. That was a man, and I believe I can say, after God's own heart. Father, we just come to you this morning, and we thank you, Lord, for the the power of prayer that you have put into our lives. It's a privilege, Lord God, to be able to come to you and to thank you, to worship you, to have intimate times with you, to make our requests made known with thanksgiving in our hearts. And Lord God, I ask you that you would take the things in my life and you would use them, Lord, for your glory. And Father, I ask that every one of my precious friends here, that each one of them, Lord, would just take the things, however small that they think that that thing is, and that you would use it, Lord, that they would allow you to use them to glorify your holy name. I thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we give you thanks. We, the people here at Long Creek Baptist Church this morning, we, your people, give you thanks for who you are.